You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Ready to go. Spring training is here. I mean, it is literally right here. And it's time to talk some Pirates baseball. I'm Dave Raymond with Adam Barry of Pirates.com. Adam, very shortly on his way to spring training. Um, uh, before, we, before we get to today's podcast, or the, the meat of it anyway, Adam, I, uh, I really think we should, we should talk for a moment about Tom Singer, who for many years, 15 years, MLB.com last year, uh, was on the Pirates beat, uh, just a generally uh, wonderful person. And sadly, we, we got the news this week that, that uh, his long fight with illness has, uh, has taken him. Uh, just your, your thoughts on, on Tom Singer and your time and experiences getting to know him. Yeah, it's been kind of a tough week for, uh, for us here in Pittsburgh and really for the entire MLB.com family uh, when we all found out that Tom had passed, um, he meant a lot to a lot of people, and I think it was—it's—it's it's always sad that it takes, you know, such a tragic thing for opinions to come out. But like the just the the outpouring of emotion and support and respect for Tom that we saw the last couple of days was really incredible. I mean, he was—he was trending on Twitter at one point, which I'm sure he probably would have, you know, shot down and said it was a slow news night or something like that, but. Um, spending last year with Tom was really a pleasure for me. I learned a lot about Pittsburgh, which was his adopted hometown. And I learned a lot about the Pirates, which were, you know, which they were his favorite team growing up. So, uh, he really had a lot to share. He, he, he's a really great writer and a great storyteller, which is great. Cause he had, he had a ton of uh, stories to tell about his life and, uh, covering baseball for so many years. Um, and I, I think the, the impressive thing to me was that he never lost his passion for baseball, which is something that, like doing what we do, it's kind of easy to get cynical and jaded and, uh, you know, got to go to the ballpark today. But the Tom never had a day like that, which was really incredible and really inspiring. And I think you saw that it touched a lot of people, not just within our community and the baseball writing and MLB.com family, but also with the Pirates. I mean, you saw Garrett Cole, Clint Hurdle, and a and a whole lot of others say how much Tom meant to them. So it's all very well deserved, and we're definitely going to miss Tom. He, uh, you know, we spent many an hour doing podcasts, and uh, our producer Danny Wexelman, who never gets enough credit for what she does for these podcasts, but we we chuckled all the time. We had so much fun with Tom because invariably, week by week, and this is this is now a standard you'll have to live up to, Adam. Uh, it would be he would he would do the podcast from the airport tram that's going from terminal to terminal. Or he'd do, I remember one day, I think it was July 4th, and he was in incredible traffic going to the ballpark for a day game and, you know, fighting the traffic, doing the podcast, and, of course, all of it every time in the most cheerful disposition. And as you pointed out, and I think, I think maybe one of the really enduring uh, personality traits that, that Tom leaves behind is that, that genuine love and curiosity every day. And, and like you said, yeah. 162 games, spring training, it piles up. And it's, it's understandable that some guys just occasionally treat a day like just another day. He never, right. ever did. No, and it's, it's, you talk about that curiosity for the game. I'm sure something you noticed and the listeners and readers all did is that Tom would always have like these crazy facts and bits of information and history and trivia and context that nobody else did. Because he always he always took like such unique 
look and angle at each event, each play. You know, he wondered if something had ever happened before, when the last time it was. And, you know, he talked about curiosity and just a, a work ethic and love of the game. Like, everything was important to him. And even if it wasn't necessarily important to, to other people, like, he would, you know, he would bring up these facts to, to Clint Hurdle before the game, and Clint would just kind of look back and smile and say, yeah, yeah Tom, that is interesting. Because <laughs> there's not, you know, there's only so much you could say about uh, stats and stuff like that, but but Tom loved it, and I think that uh, enthusiasm for the game really was contagious to be around. Well, with, with, with heavy hearts, uh, we say goodbye, and we, of course, offer our love and support to Malvina, his, his wife, family left mm-hmm. behind, a couple of sons, Jason and Sean, and just uh, just a really, really sad bit of news uh, right on the cusp of spring training, which is the news that that grabs most people's attention this, this time of year. And so you're on your way, Adam. I know you're, you're heading down to Pirate City in Bradenton. Uh, Going to be there very soon. Let's look back at this, at this offseason. What, you know, what maybe was the biggest move, most important move you think this team made this year? I think the most important thing they had to do entering the offseason was replacing A.J. Burnett and Jay Happ in the rotation. So just purely in terms of things they had to get done, I think trading Neil Walker for John Neese turned out to be pretty important. He's not a flashy acquisition. He may not have the upside as Burnett or the unexpected upside that Hap showed last year, but he's a pretty solid left-hander, and there's a lot of reason to believe that, that Ray Searidge can work some magic with him, uh, as he did with Hap and as he's done with countless others uh, throughout the last couple of years. So I, I thought that was a fairly important move, and while it's tough for uh, the Pirates to, to trade away Neil Walker, and as tough as it was for Pittsburgh to see, you know, a native guy leave. Um, I think the fact that they had Josh Harrison to step in and replace Walker made it kind of a, a natural move there. Um, but the other move that I'll point out is one they didn't make, which was trading Mark Melanson. At this point, uh, he is set to be their closer once again, and they've made a lot of moves to supplement their bullpen in front of Melanson and set up man Tony Watson. So, I think they've added to a strength in their bullpen, but it would not have been quite as strong if they had traded Melanson. Uh, let, me, let me ask you about Melanson. There, there was a time there where it looked like he very much was going to get traded. I, I thought there was plenty of interest. There no doubt was, was interest in Melanson. Pirates sure. seemed to be open to the, to the notion. What happened? Why did they not trade him? Because I, I'm with you on this one. He's, he's a beauty and, and well yeah. worth keeping. Um, what happened? Did they just one day wake up and say, like, what are we, what are we doing? Of course we're not trading the lamp. <laughs> yeah, I think they're, they're, you know, Neil Huntington's thing the whole offseason was that they don't have to trade Melanson, so they were going to wait to get blown away. And if that offer never materialized, then they weren't going to force it. You know, they, they didn't have to trade him, and they didn't necessarily even want to. So uh, at that point, you know, you're probably right. They did ask themselves, well, why would, why would we bother? You know, if if they can hold on to Melanson, if they can afford him, which they did with some of the other moves they made, uh, trading Charlie Morton, I think was a pretty big uh, key to them being able to afford Melanson's you know, nine and a half ish million dollar salary for this season. So, yeah, I mean, they didn't have to trade him. They didn't want to trade him. So if they didn't get an offer that made them change their mind, why would they? And obviously they didn't. You know, there is still time left. The off season isn't quite over. In fact, really not over until, uh, you know, until we, we open it up. Uh, yep. Spring training that we see moves made. Is there, 
is there some meat left on this bone, something else you, you, you would anticipate the Pirates might try to, to accomplish? I wouldn't expect any major league deals necessarily, but I do wonder if there are a couple minor league moves that they can make, or, you know, minor league deals with spring training invites. Um, they still don't really have a proven left-handed reliever other than Watson and Clint Hurdle's dream bullpen has three left-handed relievers. Right now they would probably open, open the season with one unless they were to bump uh, Kyle Lobstein into the bullpen, but he's more likely to be AAA starting depth. So there's still a lot of guys out there. Neil Cotts, uh, Matt Thornton is still unsigned. So I could see them waiting around and seeing if one of those guys will take a, a minor league deal. And I would say the same applies for uh, for the outfield. Obviously, the three guys they have, Marte, McCutcheon, and Polanco, aren't going anywhere. And they have a couple of guys in Harrison and Sean Rodriguez who can play the outfield, um, you know, if necessary. But, you know, if there's a, a fourth outfield type who is willing to take a minor league deal, I could see the Pirates taking a chance on that. In uh, as much as there would be a, a disappointment this offseason, uh something that, that, that didn't happen or that you wished maybe that they could have accomplished? Is there, is there anything on that list? I think the, the bottom of the rotation has been the ire of a lot of fans this offseason. You know, at least if reading the comment sections, Twitter and talk radio has been any indication. Uh, Jeff Locke and Ryan Vogelsong, they're basically betting on upside. They're, they don't really have a true number three starter unless Nice takes a step forward under, under Ray Searage. Um, I think the Matt Latos deal with the White Sox the other day kind of raised some eyebrows. People wondered why maybe the Pirates didn't go after a guy who's who's shown a little higher upside than Ryan Vogelsong and took a, a similar uh, paid contract. So I, I, I would point, though, that you know they have Tyler Glass now coming up relatively soon. They have Jamison Tyon, who should be ready to pitch in the big leagues this year. Um, so there is upside in the rotation, Cole Liriano and those two prospects, and then they have the guys who are going to start the year with Nice, Locke, and Vogelsong, who will just kind of round it out, eat up some innings, and hand it over to that pre-stacked bullpen. All right. Well, it's it's all but done, and now you head down to Florida, get ready to go, and uh, next time we chat, it's going to be from the – from the Sunshine State. Adam, great stuff this week, and, and look forward to catching up next week from Pirate City. Absolutely. Sounds good. All right. Adam Barry, MLB.com Extras, the Pittsburgh Pirates edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.